Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous. Together we are finding the joy in the journey of life. And today, today I have uh, guest Richard Anderson with us, and we are talking about the another episode in the series of sort of getting started with gamification. And we've, we've heard from a couple of educators already, and I'm excited to dive in with you. Uh, but if you could please introduce yourself a little bit before we kind of dive in. All right. Uh, I'm Rich Anderson. I teach in North Syracuse uh, Central Schools. I teach ninth grade global history. Uh, prior to this year, I kind of did a competition between my classes. But like after e reading uh, Explore Like a Pirate this summer, I've totally leveled up my gamification in my class. Nice. Um, it's just a slow rollout process and it's been a lot of fun. So I'm excited to uh, to be on Well Played. That's, we're awesome. We're excited to have you. So thinking about this, uh, not knowing when people are catching this episode, whether they're listening this week when it comes out or six months from now, just to kind of put okay. it in perspective, where are we at in your school year? I think this is like probably in between quarter one and quarter two. You're like, Yeah, we're like our... 15 week mark is next next week okay next friday i think so um, we're about 15 weeks in um, all right so now you're 15 weeks in you are just starting to kind of roll out this gamification uh and get and get that sort of up and moving what mm -hmm. um what have you put in place so far well my I guess you need to know my, my game concept is... Let's hear it. Like, Let's hear it. Everyone's it's called, waiting. It's called... The, I used to do, like, the inter-class competition for global domination was my theme last for the past, like, four or five years where I had the competition. But this year I came up with... I'm calling it The Quest. I love it. And uh, so the concept is we're in the future. Uh computers have taken over society and it's kind of like based off the matrix kind of like the mr anderson perfect worked in um so that worked out then there's really nice for you yeah right really nice. uh, i didn't even figure that out until after we came up with the concept and one of the kids is like mr anderson like your name is neo so it was kind of <laughs> kind of funny awesome. uh but there's a revolution humans overthrow the computers and then they kind of realize all of history has been erased. So there's no human history. They don't, they don't know what year it is. Um, so five factions start fighting each other for power. And it's decided that each faction is going to send a group into the past, to some point in, in the past, to kind of collect history. Okay? And so the game is that they've landed... It's, I started the game on September 11th, 2018, and the game ends on D-Day, 2019. So they have that time period to create their logbook, um, which is just their uh, interactive notebook. And so once they have that logbook going to the future, whoever does the best job of collecting history is going to have power in the future. That's, That's the awesome. basic concept. I like it. Um, 
So when you sort of decided to dive into this, you you said you you had done some like game components before, but mm-hmm. like really the summer was when you kind of decided, all right, that's it. I'm going to push all the chips in on this one. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, how how did you get started? Right? Like, because I we often hear from people that want to do gamification, it just seems so big that it's almost deflating. They're almost just like, I don't get it, a game, big, I don't, oof, and then they don't end up getting started. So if this series is about getting people to get started, what was some of the first steps you took? Well, at first, I didn't even know what gamification was until Good first I step. picked up, Good first I, step. I, yeah, I picked up, you know, Teach Laker Pirate on a whim, uh, read that, and then <laughs> got on Twitter and found the Hive Summit, Oh, and then nice. just that whole thing that you put together, um, tr- like it was, it was exactly what I needed in my in that point in my career. Um, and then immediately it was like I heard all the speakers, I heard you speak, I heard you talk about gamification. And then I went and like these two book these two books are always like within arm reach for me. That's so fantastic. That's my plug for you. Yeah. Uh, and so I just I read Explore Like a Pirate, and it was just like this is awesome it's incredibly overwhelming just because all the components and trying to figure out how you would do it um but it was the summertime so i had time to like start to think about it and plan it out um and i'm you know kind of the cannonball in uh to nice quote, like tara martin you know yep. uh and so i just started to work on different pieces of it like what's my theme going to be uh how can i incorporate like the things that i was already doing into it and so it was just step by step and then i knew that i couldn't jump in and have like the leaderboard immediately um because it would just overwhelm me Um, Mm -hmm. it took me like 10 weeks to figure out how to do the leaderboard and the leaderboard uh database that you have on your website is phenomenal like that was a huge help once i got that um and so it's just adding little pieces in uh as as I went and just kind of building it from the ground up, being very um, purposeful and having intentional in, in everything that I added to the game. That's, uh, I mean, that's one of my favorite words, that intentionality. Like, it is amazing what we as educators, what we as humans can put together and do when we do it with intentionality. When you start to really like think through things yeah. and put them out in play, it's, uh, it's pretty powerful and it's great to hear you say say that like you start to see your game sort of come together with that intentionality with those choices you were making yeah and i think just when you when you like i'm a big uh john wooden pyramid of success person i have like Mm -hmm. a huge uh pyramid of success on my wall and i try to incorporate um it's kind of like i forget what's the thing that you use that has the purpose purpose purposeful yeah, yeah um, very similar concept, concepts. Yeah. Um, and so just building the game that way, just, okay, I'm going to add a brick, like a, a brick to this thing that I'm creating. Uh, and every brick, I'm going to make sure I lay that down um, the best way possible, knowing that sometimes that's going to work and sometimes it's not going to work, but just you know, experimenting. And that's how we grow as people, I think, is just trying new things one step at a time and either, Hey, this works or this needs to get improved or this doesn't work for me. And just being able to say, 
right, I'm not going to use that piece for now. I think what I really like about what you just sort of said there is that you just started to move forward, right? If we continue with your brick lane analogy, when you look at like, <laughs> excuse me, a structure that you build, uh, one brick seems like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get this building done. It's one brick, you know, mm -hmm. but it's brick after brick after brick that it all starts to take shape. And so really it's truly about taking that first step. It's about laying that first brick. And even if you don't necessarily know where it's all going, it's about getting started. And it sounds like you, you know, you, yeah. know, you, you moved forward on that and you, you took some of the mechanics from the book and decided to make that one of your first bricks. And then, then you're adding the leaderboard and then you're adding quests or, you know, or whatever order you did it in, but like you chose the order that was right for you and your game. Absolutely. Um, and like recently I just, I added in a thing I call like daily XP, um, where I took, I, I, I have a, I call it the always awesome. So I encourage my kids to always be honest, always give their best effort, always respect the learning environment and always be positive. And I've gotten to be known as like Mr. Fist Bump because I'm the guy who's in the hallway fist bumping kids as they're going by. I'm just about building providing positive energy. Yeah, building relationships to the point where I'm in the hallway and my student, my students will like make a beeline for me when they see that I'm in the hallway to give me a fist bump. And now kids I don't even know We'll, we'll, we'll join in. Just so, hey, I, I want a fist bump. Can I get a fist bump? And so uh, that's been awesome. And I kind of forgot where I was going with that thought. But uh, just. I mean, that's a positive thing to build those kind of relationships. And like, did you just hear what you talked about? I mean, you're talking about extending that relationship beyond your classroom walls. And now yeah. there are students that get excited to see you who haven't even had you yet. Maybe they're going to be your next semester students. Maybe they're going to be your like next year students or who knows, but like, that's just, <laughs> excuse me. That is just creating such a positive environment, which I think is another huge plus to gamification. I think it just creates yes. a wonderful, rich environment for the students, but also it gives us an ability to build kind of a different relationship with students. Yeah, and for like for me, I didn't grow up as like a big gamer. Like I like I like board games, but the video games and those kind of things. Like the only video games I ever played were like basketball. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't into the role playing type games growing up. Um, but it's allowed by gamifying my classroom and learning about these elements to kind of do that overlay. I've really got to know how my kids think like what they value, awesome. what are, what gets them excited. And just that connection with kids has been uh, a game changer. And I just think that that coupled with just always bringing positive energy um, is key for kids, especially at my eight, my uh, students grade level, ninth grade, that's kind of like a make or break year um, where they need that social, emotional tie-in yeah and kind of boost up i think that's fantastic i mean like i hope uh the listeners hear that because that is just one of those things that i often get you know like either i hear well you probably were a huge gamer and i mean i always liked games but um 
you know, I didn't play a ton when I was a kid. I mean, like that, my family wasn't huge gamer family. Uh, had the NES, you know, played yeah, played some Super Mario Brothers, but some Zelda. <laughs> Excuse me, but you know, I wasn't some huge, huge, huge gamer. And uh, I love hearing that sort of testimony from you that you being beginning here, picking up the book, and just starting to put that one brick at a time, over and over. And what you, what you, I've you, really enjoyed um, this year is as people have seen what I've been doing, they're like, like, what are you doing? What, what is this gamification stuff? And same, same kind of starting point as me. We're not really a gamer. Just like they're, maybe they're not jumping in, but they're definitely starting to be like, what's that about? Sure. Because they're hearing how much fun my kids are having. And uh, just that my kids, I have kids that come back to school from appointments just so they won't miss my class. And, isn't just, that like isn't that like mind boggling? We that talk about like a shot in the arm as a teacher. Like I came back because I didn't want to miss whatever was going to happen in class today. That's crazy. Um, we I yeah. I teach an elective. Uh, well, all of us do. They're these micro electives. They're eight classes long. Okay. It's kind of it is really cool, and it's a mixed elective. So fifth through eighth grade, anybody. I mean, it's, they choose what okay. they want to take. Uh, but I have these kids who, and I kind of gamify those as well. Uh, total different storyline, total different stuff. But we had two or three kids that, you know, were sick and missed the entire school day. But oh, wow. they FaceTimed in to this elective class. Like all three of them. All three of them. Like, oh, that's awesome. I had perfect attendance for those eight days for everyone. Because any day that they were sick, they made sure they FaceTimed in for, for, for this elective. Oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Right? Like, like to get kids just for, for an elective, like, I can't miss it. Like, ungraded. If I, if I was a student in your school, I would not leave. I, I just want to stay in your room all day just because it's like watching well played and everything. I'm just, uh, like, but like that's you have those students too now. Those students are like, ah, mama, we gotta wrap this dentist appointment up because I gotta get back to Mr. Anderson. Exactly. <laughs> like that is and, fantastic. Uh, so you are building, you know, even better relationships with your students. I loved some of the words you used. You said you're also like understanding how they think, what motivates them, what inspires them. That only is going to accentuate the things that you already bring to the table. You're already bringing yeah. a great relationship, building positivity to the kids. But you throw this better understanding, this better knowledge uh, of your students. It, it only creates this better environment. So now I think some of the people listening to this podcast, I mean, I think you have them already on the edge of their seat. I think they're ready to like, they want to do it. And hopefully, uh, you know, this this in this series, we're, we're inspiring more people to take action. Uh, my next question for you is, what were some of those first bricks you laid down? Just getting the, like the the backstory to it because I I think you need to find a way that fits for you and I think I reached out to you a little bit and uh, I forget his last name but Adam, uh, in South Carolina yeah Adam um, and just like how did you set up your game mm -hmm. uh, and just trying to get like different ideas I talked to coworkers at my school that you know what do you think about this concept and just I. Cause I have, 
I used to be a college basketball coach when I was in Florida. I, I taught and uh, coached college basketball for a while. So I was like, oh, like maybe I should just set this up like basketball. And then just a couple different ideas was like, no, make this totally separate and make it into like a role player type game. And that's kind of where I came up with the quest. Uh, and it just, that was my first layout. Was getting, once you have that background story that you're going to use, like different things fall into place. And so if you can get, to me, if you can get that brick laid, then it, the bricks that go on top are a lot easier. Well, like, they, start, I just, they start to make sense, right? Yeah. I feel like without, yeah, that, absolutely. without that theme, you know, you're like, well, I want to give kids uh, the ability to go back to their locker. Like, and you're like, well, just tell them they can go back to their locker. But the moment you say like, no, no, we're astronauts. We're going to give them like <coughs> the, the moonwalk thing or the like lunar module yeah. or whatever. Like now all of a sudden these, this theme sort of could get applied to these things and it starts to just make that game come to life. Absolutely. And then, uh, like I just added, uh, like a week, week or two ago, I added in a thing that I'm going to keep throughout my entire game. Uh, and I'm calling it the report to A. So in my game, the, per, the, the portal conductor that sends them into the past is just the letter A. That's his name, A. Awesome. Um, and so they, at, as we finish a unit, they have to write a report to A on their learning. Um, and so basically they're writing their own little textbook in a page or two at a time. And I'm in New York state, we're moving to incorporating like the, our in 10th grade, the essay is moving to a, like an enduring issues essay. So within the report, they have to start to talk about um, a few of the enduring issues that they see. Um, so like when they're reporting on Neolithic revolution, they're talking about innovations and social classes and it, like the creation of inequality because now we're putting now we're putting people into okay you're the upper class you're the lower class and i, I read one girl one of my students uh maddie's her name she turned in hers today and i just read it and i'm like sitting there and i'm looking at it and i'm like this is awesome nice. um, and i'm i'm just wowed by what they come up with because they're so students are so creative if you Give them like that. Yeah. You, you put it out there, but you don't box them in. Like, that's one thing I've learned is don't box them in with like an extensive rubric to say, these are like this, a few things you need to make sure you have in there. And then <clears throat> the majority are going to blow you away with what they come up with. It's so true. Like, I mean, I often talk about like never, ever underestimate the power of like our students' imaginations. Like they are just wildly creative. And I also think even, I mean, you teach ninth, but even at sixth, I mean, I tell my students and I tell myself, this isn't the first project they've done. This isn't the first paper they've written. Like, so even though I'm not giving you like this rubric and this, like, here are 20 things on your checklist, it's pretty safe to say I'm expecting all the same things that you've had yeah. up to this point, <laughs> you know, like, and by and large, they all hit it out of the park. Yeah. And then if somebody's not meet, meeting those marks, that's a one-on-one -on -one conversation with one kid to say, hey, like, we need to structure this a little bit better. But usually, 
It's just they're missing some of the structure elements and their idea is still like, you know, uh, awesome. So, well, and like that student, that type of student, that, that situation, I should say, maybe it would be a different student, like would exist <coughs> in any version, but you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't have that just dearth of creativity and excitement that the others exactly. have, right? Like, so like we're, we're not like picking up a ton of like underperforming students. Like we're having probably like the same or maybe even a little less underperforming, but like the on task and on performance ones are through the roof. Like, wow, yeah. that's, that's like a, that's a sweet trade. I'll take this trade any day. <laughs> any day, right? Like that's awesome. And that's like, I'll give you Michael Jordan um, for, you know, I'm trying to think of a, Harold Miner going back to like <laughs> basketball way, way, way back when. You know? I love it. So, I mean, yeah. you got the the theme and that's actually kind of like goes back to, I mean, it, I talk about that in the book, but definitely like Hive yeah. Summit. Hive Summit, I broke it down to theme, team, task. Like build that theme, then sort of start to bond and make those relationships over like the team that's inside the theme. And then move on to task the challenges that you're going to do and try to wrap those into your storyline, wrap them into your like ideas. Yeah. Um, and so like in my uh, game, I let my, my students as a class, cause this is what I used to do with and how I like had my competition before they choose or they come up with their own class name. So like my factions mm-hmm. are the global dinosaurs, <laughs> the piranhas, the Ninja Turtles, Mmm, chicken, and yeet are my five class names. And, like, that's how they identify with that. Like, they're a team, they're a faction, and they buy into it. And it's just fun to see them, like, like compete, you know, um, and have fun with it. Um, that ownership's nice, too. I mean, it's yeah. just something fun for them to bond over uh, and be a little silly with. I'm trying to think which one my favorite my favorite might be the first one the, the global dinosaurs global dinosaurs i yeah. think they, i call them dinos for short i think Just they're uh, they're the one they're they're the ones that i'm i'm i'm, I'm betting on i want them to right. i want Ooh. them to, I I'm, want gonna, them. I'm gonna tell them that i'm gonna say you know Mr. Matera is rooting for the dinosaurs. I am. I just, I, I like it. The global dinosaurs. It's just, it's, it's too good right. to, to, to walk away from. That's just awesome. All right. We'll, we'll go. Th- All right. Go so with it. You, you, you started to lay that you had the theme. Uh, once, once you started to, to put these things in place and you, and you started to see the students do what they're doing sounds like you said there's some other teachers that even started to hear about what's going on and kind of liked it. Uh, another question I often get is a- administration. Like how do you, administration, parents, I don't know where you want to go with this sort of answer, okay. but you know, how, how did you experience that? How did you tackle that? Is it sort of a ask forgiveness later sort of thing? Uh, what'd you do? Well, with my administration, I don't, I haven't come out and like said, "Hey, I'm doing this um, gamification thing." Uh, I've put like we have to do a like a professional learning plan in our mm-hmm. APPR. Um, my PLP right now is all about gamification in the classroom, and so I'm citing that I'm watching well played, 
Um, I've read Explore Like a Pirate. I'm going to put this. That I was yeah, now you're played. on the show. You're in. Be in there. You're so in your research. I'm, I'm in the show. Like, hey, look at this. This is awesome. Uh, so that's very Matrix esque, right there. Yeah, that you are in it. I'm, I'm in. I'm in the Matrix. There you are. Uh, I've talked a little bit about like some of the gamification stuff, like casually with some of the my administrators, and they seem to be um, intrigued. I don't think that they totally know what it's all about. Um, I had an observation recently and the principal, you could tell he was kind of intrigued by like my, in the front of my room, I have, I have a billboard um, that has like the quests and the rankings and side quests mm -hmm. to the side where to find those uh, and how many days are left in the game uh, and those kind of things. So I think there's those some intrigue building there. Those are just really nice little then, touches uh, that you got you got going on in your game. It's really good. Yeah. And then, uh, like, I talked to my principal a little bit about just adding more games to, like, our school environment. Like, adding games to our lunchtime. Like, having a table with, like, Connect Four and Boggle and all those kind of things. And so that's something that's, I think, some in, in the works. It's just trying to make sure that when we implement that, that it's something that's going to work well. Um, but I just think people are starting to see the value of adding gamification on different levels or just games to the learning environment because that's what kids like at well, I mean, it's our like, age. You know? It's like I say actually in the intro, right? Like it's it's fine and joy in the journey. Like there are, there are so much learning to be had with inside a game, both sometimes content knowledge like I, I, as a history teacher sometimes like supply and demand resource management like all of that can be found in a game but then all of those like life skills about communicating and collaborating cajoling like critical thinking like there's just a volume of things that happen inside a game and it's all done typically with joy and like happiness and i think people who like to be honest, like before I kind of found gamification and kind of was like, wow, this is like this untapped potential. Uh, like I was kind of like games, like in the classroom, like I was probably, sure. I fit myself in that skeptic um, category. But one, I like that it brings that joy to the class and to school for kids. But then I all like our school district is moving towards like officially kind of getting towards uh standards-based grading uh-huh sure. um and i'm on one of our and what i like about gamification is it gives you this whole other kind of system that you can put in place to reach all those elements as teachers that we want to reach but aren't tied to the to their grade mm -hmm. so you kind of have like you can build in like these elements where you're teaching them those character things that most of us get into the job to help kids become better people um, and not just those graded assignments. And you can kind of have two systems is one thing that I, I kind of like. I, uh, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense, right? <laughs> like, and I often say that we should like separate the grading from the game and like 
in this transition period uh, that your experience at your district moving from like traditional grading to standard based grading it's kind of nice to have this like other system that you kind of understand you kind of get and you are kind of in control of which is also nice yeah and i also feel like standard based grading can be very good for kids they can kind of see where they're going they can kind of track their learning but it also sometimes can be rather sometimes uninspiring when you like delineate out every single little thing you know yeah and so i love that gamification. like that's a whole monster in itself <laughs> right and i love that gamification can add an, an element where the, the students can still experience that joy experience that excitement and that enthusiasm and and not so much the overwhelmness that can that could be had and, and again i don't mean to be bad mouth and standard based grade and there there's plenty of good there but I, I have definitely seen my students sometimes be overwhelmed by the amount of information that's presented to them. Well, yeah. uh, <laughs> believe it or not, we are at our, we're at the end already. It's like, it just, it just, no way. I know it just comes right up on us. Uh, so we have, but before we kind of go, before we kind of end, it's a tradition here on Well Play that we do reflection time. And I really, really, really want to hear your thoughts on today's quote okay. uh, are you you all ready for this i think so all right and uh this quote <laughs> i can't attribute to any one particular person it's just one of those internet quotes i found and i think it really fits with today's topic of you getting started you trying something new you know you, you've definitely spoke to a, a lot of changes in your life you know from moving from florida to to try and gamification. So here, here's our quote. You can't start a new chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. How does that hit you? I just think sometimes as human beings, we get stuck in that rearview mirror when mm -hmm. the, the window in front of us is so much, there's so much to see. And I think that if we stop looking in that rearview mirror and like maybe what went well or living in what went really well, cause we change every day. Like as human beings, we like, we're not the same. We were five minutes ago. Uh, and sometimes people stick with what they did well, or they harp on the things that they did bad. And so if we keep forward looking and just try to be better every day, um, we're going to find more joy in what we do. I agree. Uh, for me, uh, I love this quote. I mean, this idea of starting a new chapter. I love what you're talking about. This, this sort of, when we hang on so tightly to the past, uh, sometimes it really can stop us from moving forward and, and, and trying that new chapter. So I think it's important. I don't want to like discourage anybody or talk bad about like, but I think it's really important that we reflect and then we refine, but then I think ultimately it's important that we release that, 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 that past so that we can kind of move into that future. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Well, I gotta say, thank you so much for being part of the well-played community. I know you've been a, a listener and now I love having you on the show. Uh, this has been like a huge honor to me. Just, I gotta say thank you for that. Um, I've, I've been talking about this like all, all week. <laughs> like, I'm going to be on well played. 
I am so, so excited to have you. So, I mean, thanks for taking the time. And everyone else, thank you so much for listening and following along on a lot of these people's journeys. Uh, I can't wait to, to kind of put this out there and, and hear everyone's response. And everybody, have a great, great rest of your week and play on. <laughs>